0: Welcome to Classic Comics Cavalcade. I'm Jason Sachs. I'm Amir Malikpour. We're doing another show and tell episode this week. It's fun stuff that we picked up, and we want to chat about what What have you picked up recently that you love?
1: Um, so I got a bunch of stuff as I, I, but I also found some things. But one thing was um, uh, this Friday. My favorite comic book store in the Bay Area, in San Francisco specifically, is called Silver Sprocket they're also like an independent uh comics publisher which kind of uh dabbles or not dabble but specializes in like um you know independent literary comics uh alternative comics actually producing some of the self-published items and just a lot of like i think the cutting edge cartoonists come they, they have they stock a lot of the cutting edge cartoonist non-traditional non-mainstream comic books So Silver Spark is my favorite. And they had a signing with uh, a double signing with uh, two authors, two creators, uh, you know, cartoonists, writers, um, Ms. Harkness and Caroline Cash, uh, which they, they had a signing. But in addition to that, they had a really cool reading. Um, and so the thing that I picked up, so I already I already was familiar with Caroline Cash, and I can just show you a couple of things from her that I've purchased recently. It's PP Poo Poo from Caroline Cash, and it's kind of like a. I would say, of course, this reminds you of something, right? Like Eight Ball. So yeah. So her comics are um, one person anthology, very similar to Eight Ball and so her covers are generally uh parodies or uh, you know homages to popular comics that she enjoyed or are so this is the one that she did with uh the eight ball one which is like kind of like the you know uh the cover for it and then this one i think is an homage to a uh to like an a female alternative comics comic book like women's comics or something Miss with comics uh, yeah yeah with um who actually i thought was going to be there also I'm sorry, i forget her name the famous Gina robbins. Gina robbins exactly i thought she was going to be there also i was very excited but um but that she was not and unfortunately caroline cash could not make it however i was exposed to an amazing new art i mean she's not new but to me new to me new creator called ms harkness and these are the two books that i got from her and actually i i wrote i read them i did get another one of her of her minis uh six issue mini comics but these are the ones that i actually finished and read and they're in my it's amazing i love them so much i mean who would think that uh i, I would I mean, she's a great creator. She basically the stories about this um, It's autobiography comic about her, you know, uh, her rough upbringing and her being a student um, at art school and then graduating and how she balances out trying to make money and trying to support herself and does her art. And then of course, you know, people she falls in love with and, you know she gets treated poorly by those men and and those sort of things. So it's a, I mean, it sounds very like. But Show you,
0: some inside pages, Amir.
1: Oh yeah, uh, just one thing I do want to say is, uh, if you delve into one thing I do love about her comic booking is that she's got all these different types of art styles, and she also alludes to some artists that I that we all like ourselves. So, uh, for example, in. Uh, so here's the book that, she, that just came out by Fantagraphics, Time Under Tension. And, um, you know, she'll actually like interact with some cartoonists that you may or, or not know. Um, yeah. So some examples, I wish I would have, um, I mean, there's a lot of amazing, like uh, there's really cool uh, pages here that I should have bookmarked, but I would just recommend everyone just read uh, themselves One thing that's really cool about it is that you know she has this cartoony style, but then um, she also does other. This is the one that's more prevalent. However, like whenever it gets serious, she does like a different, like a a different cartoony style. It's like totally different. Hmm. Which is like I'm like I'm a mark for that. Like if I see somebody doing like different types of cartooning in their artwork or different like go from cartoony thing but i'm sorry i don't have the exact uh terminology for it but going from that to like almost like photorealistic to impressionistic i just go gaga for that sort of stuff and she's amazing um i think the one here's another style that she does in within the book depending upon what the story is about so this is the other book this is the one that came came out prior called desperate pleasures um uh, essentially this is the start of while she's in school and she decides to like get a um, get a personal trainer certification uh, and then this second book that came out from um, the first one was done by Uncivilized Books second one that came out is by Fanagraphics, where she's actually like in the midst of getting that test like passing that test and getting hired and then also like Throughout, she has relationships with uh, with a, a, one particular person, a male, I mean, a, you know, romantic uh, thing. So it's great. I, I loved it. Uh, I think one of the things about it is that there's some MMA, like some fighting involved. I'm not a MMA person, although I know a lot about it because I used to have roommates who were really into it. And I knew a lot of the fighters and a lot of the terminologies. And so she's very like in that world as well. So it's like bodybuilding and uh, like fighting and her action um, art is really like it makes a lot of sense like so great sounds art really artist, cool. great creator great I highly would recommend her work
0: you gotta get a whole portrait of her life like it's got this whole it's got a lot of stuff about aspirations and approaches mm-hmm. and things she loves to do and just her personal life too sounds really interesting
1: yeah, i definitely recommend. Uh, and she also did an amazing reading. Like it was really fun. It was like really funny and fun. Like, so that was really good.
0: Oh, wow. that sounds really cool. That sounds really cool, Amir. Um, I am going to pull it's, up. I'm excited. I'm going to pull up. Um, so I'll, I need to turn off the background again, don't I? Yeah. We'll turn off the background. So there's a magazine, digest size magazine called Mindshaft that's been published for well over 20 years now. And it's published out of this publisher in California. And he's had, he publishes some of the greatest cartoonists in the world, the covers of Robert mm-hmm. Crumb cover. Not sure who did the back cover, but it's beautiful.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: And he's got stuff in here by Kim Deitch, David Collier, Glenn Head. And um, it's on issue 44 now. You can see there's a really nice Mary Fleener story here.
1: Hey, Jason, sorry to interrupt you. Can, do you think it might make sense for you to be the main presenter on this so we can see the entire
0: comic? Um, I'm going to overlay some. Oh, you
1: will? Okay, my bad.
0: Okay, cool, cool, cool. You're going to do that. Uh, so, a really nice Mary Fleener story. And then uh, all kinds of stuff. Diane Newman... You can see who that. Is. is that an homage
1: to uh, the, the cover? Is that an homage to Eileen Crumb? This
0: is Robert Crumb drawing Aileen.
1: Mm. That's
0: like a new one, right? From
1: after a passing? Um.
0: Yeah, I think so.
1: Mm.
0: A new one. Yeah, this is really sweet and sad.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Awesome abstract art in here, too. It's a lot of and then fiction This has been I've been subscribing to this theme for a long time crumbs uh underground or uh blues musicians,
1: wow, is that a crumb drawing?
0: It's a crumb drawing,
1: wow, I've never see that's a different style, don't you do you think I've never seen him draw like that before that's
0: gorgeous, isn't it? yeah, yeah, crawl on the corner there um so, yeah, you can find out about this magazine at MindshaftMag.com, I think. I'll post the link right there and also in the notes. Um, but it's this like beautiful anthology zine with all kinds of really interesting, like amazing stuff. Some Drew Friedman art in here. It's a lot of Friedman art in these issues. Uh, so I can't recommend this magazine enough. Um, seem to be really nice people who run it too.
1: Where so, are they located um, at? Where did they uh publish out of? I think they're in California.
0: I'm sorry, they're in Durham, North Carolina. Oh, okay. And it's been published by uh this couple for a long time. My goodness, I can't remember their names now. I should have put that. On. but yeah um there's they have lots of back issues available and they're all just real treasures because uh, you know it's this very kind of informal way to present work by these amazing work cartoonists so yeah cool stuff
1: cool so anything have else have to share oh i i think i talked a lot i was gonna see if you have another thing i can share another thing but
0: I will go with another zine type thing. So if you watch cartoons fake Kayfabe, you know, Jim Rugg's 86 yeah. zine and also uh this this other zine, this black and white zine. Love how this picks up the light. Look at that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh this is like a reproduction of uh 80s comics and it's kind of fun in its own kind of silly way. But you know, he he showed off the 86 zine, of course, in the kayfabe channel. But this is like, for me, it's like, uh, you know, writing, having written actually the 1986 chapter for our uh, American Comic Chronicles book. Like, this is like perfect for me. Just loved it. I mean, just look at that spread alone. That's just so awesome.
1: Yeah, I actually had that on my list too. So I'm glad that you uh, talked about it. <laughs>
0: well, what did you think of it?
1: um i love it i mean i need to look into it a little bit more but i think it's interesting that like you know it started to get me thinking which is like a question i wanted to ask you about like what do you think are like the most uh influential years in comic book history like overall like alternative to not just mainstream stuff you know
0: yeah actually 86 is the most important year it's actually the year everything changes yeah because you have Crisis on Infinite Earths and then Dark Knight and you had Mouse and you had Watchmen premiering and then the back, the black and white boom was happening, Turtles boom was happening, um, the new universe happened so Jim Shooter was, was shot down and moved to his whole other projects like there's been no year that's been like this, where like comics became so mainstream. I think eighty six is probably the most important year in comics.
1: Well, what is second and third? You know, in what is
0: second and third? Uh, so, second, I would say would be nineteen sixty two, the birth of Marvel, mm. when Spider Man and Iron Man and I believe Avengers all premiered in sixty two. That was a pretty big bolt of lightning from from above, and everything changed at that point. What would be number three, though? That's a good question. Do you have any any opinions?
1: I mean, I'm not the historian that you are. I think the, I would think that action comics, change of like traditional comics to like in a lot of ways, you would think that 19... was it 1937 or 38 that it came out. 38, yeah. And um, that was probably like the doom of the comic book industry in America because it's moving from everything to just superheroes right superheroes are becoming popular and like everything else is kind of diminishing as superheroes are growing and then now american comics are known for superheroes yeah that's a good that's a good call um other than that i would just think like uh Uh, i don't know when the boom of the news is it newspaper comics or like daily daily comics because those were like they were the superstars right the daily comics artists so like i don't know like uh dick tracy type of stuff like because they were they made a lot of money they were like one of the richest some of the richest people were like cartoonists for in the early 30s or 20s or whatever
0: yeah people like al cap and uh the um like guy who did Flash Gordon oh my God I'm I'm uh, having a Sunday morning uh we were like huge Rock star creators I mean people mm-hmm. follow their careers forever uh, uh Milton Kniff was like world famous not just in the comics world but uh really famous and because the way syndication worked if you were picked up by more than a certain number of newspapers you were making crazy amounts of money mm mm-hmm. like mm-hmm like similar to what like Hollywood stars were making at the time yeah I think that's Raymond was the name I was searching for and then I don't know uh, with I would uh, think even up to like Charles Schultz was making like great money with Peanuts obviously Bill Watterson might be the last of them Burke Brevitt maybe you know those people Gilbert guy what's his name that guy made a lot of money God Adams, yeah, mostly for marketing and merchandising, which has always been part of the deal. Yeah, that's
1: true. But I mean, it was syndicated on newspapers, and it was like, yeah. So, yeah,
0: you know, I mean that, but I'm saying that because, like, one of the reasons Charles Schulz became so rich is because peanuts was everywhere, mm-hmm. TV shows and advertisements and toys and everything else that, you know, it became like this part of American life.
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean. Some of the other years i think the 90s you know because of the the amount immense amount of sales they had i think that was the most amount of sales they had like in terms of money and then i also think like well i'm trying to think were there any independent cartoonists that came about like klaus became famous in the 90s right
0: well, the 90s was a big era for either IndyCott cartoonists or cartoonists who someone like uh well sim was still continuing um, um, we saw strangers, strangers in paradise and bone was mostly self-published during that era but we also had people like matt wagner still doing grendel and um hellboy was growing uh not really an indie book but like indie minded that wasn't close editing on that sin city uh sin city and and uh the next man by john byrne and watch uh all kinds of all kinds of books like that, uh Monkey Man and O'Brien and all that stuff too. Actually, yeah, I guess I guess if I was gonna pick another year, I might pick 1993, which was basically <laughs> the peak and the beginning of the drop of the comics industry. Mm-hmm. So there was still, especially in the early part of the year, there were Image books and Valiant books that were selling over a million copies an issue. I think the Magnus. Magnus, excuse me, uh, Turok Dinosaur Fighter number one came out that year and sold like 1.75 million copies, just insanity right And within two years everything dropped off a cliff and literally was selling like 17,000 copies instead of 1.75 million Uh, but there was also this amazing boom in 1993 where all these publishers started uh, jumping into the comics industry there's like techno comics and there was ultraverse and comics greatest world and uh marvel alone had four or five different lines because they had the clive barker line they had the epic heavy hitters line and they had the marvel uk line there's like all this all this stuff that came out during that year it was this amazing like this kind of feeling like Uh, rising tide lifts all boats because all kinds of great creators were being published during that time all kinds of crap was being published at the same time too people were rushing into comics from outside of comics to make money but also to be creative and so like there were a lot of interesting indie books published at the same time that all these mainstream books were published that's a time like when hate was selling well hate was in color during that time it was selling 25, 30,000 copies an issue, which was huge for something like hate.
1: Yeah.
0: That's crazy. So tied to the grunge movement. They were selling at record stores and stuff. And so, yeah, I guess 1993 was like the last year of like euphoria. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 2000 is pretty interesting. Yeah. Because it was like after that entire boom busted, uh, like by 99, like comics were selling less than they were selling in 1990 and the the industry was like really truly dying and then suddenly in 2000 the first x-men movie came out and the ultimate universe premiered and felt like things were starting to change yeah uh i wish i could pick something this century i'm not sure i have a year in mind for this century
1: maybe we should you know what it is in sports like news they usually do like a top 10 draft years of all time or top oh, 10 let's do
0: that. yeah
1: i we could do like another show go over each year and like rank them you know 10 to 1 and obviously 86 will be one probably but look at that although i would like to maybe do more research on that i know 86 is relevant to people our age a little older a little younger but um or 19
0: 1952 is pretty important is that EC milestone stuff? Milestone yeah. EC comics were selling like crazy. 1941-42 is be a big year because comics were so popular. In the yeah, at uh, like military bases as well as in the U.S. Of course, yeah. you got you're only if you're only thinking about American comics too. I mean, you think about foreign comics. There's this explosion. We should yeah. do that. Let's do that next week or something. Yeah, that'd be
1: cool. Anything else, or did you want me to? Uh, why don't you go next? Okay. I went to a store and I picked up some dollar comics, um, which was cool. Like, I didn't really get too much. I actually, I'll, I'll show you. I had a great find. So, let me show you the find first. I haven't read these, but I got all these issues of Love and Rockets for like four bucks each.
0: You already have those? Or you didn't have the original? I'm
1: sick. sick. I do have the original. (laughs) I couldn't pass them up. So I got those. Uh, I will also... Okay, so the two... I I got three things for a dollar that I read one of them. was One is uh, the Chester Brown comic book uh, Yummy Fur, number 28. This was Mm -hmm. one that I didn't have and I, I read it and... I don't really remember much of the other issues that I've read from before, but this one was pretty interesting. It just kind of—it's interesting to see his comic because, from my understanding, this Yummy Fur first, uh, first appeared in mini comics, uh, and so he basically took those minis and put them into a comic book issue format.
0: So he started Yummy Fur with a mini comic. I have the mini comic in my collection, actually. Oh, a collection of it because it was reviewed in the comics journal way back when, and they said this is amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, they say published like the equivalent of like four or five comic issues of it, so that was where he started. And then from there, all the stuff is new. Okay, it's interesting because the panels are
1: really (laughs) oops, it's a bad word that's the name of the issue. (laughs) Yeah, it seems like they would be from a mini comic because. He's leaving a lot of space here. So he
0: had this really unique way of doing his comics and I have this Mary wept at the feet of Jesus too. Mm-hmm. Which he did for Drawn and Quarterly like five or eight years ago and it's got that same thing where
1: mm-hmm.
0: it's got... So what he did and you can see it's that all four panel grids. And my god, a million pages of notes in the back. Uh, what he did did when he did his comics was Brown would take little scraps and draw a panel panels on each individual page and then physically paste them up onto a piece of paper. Mm. So he drew panel by panel instead of page by page. Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, interesting.
0: Yeah, so the really different style. Mm-hmm. So that's what you're seeing there.
1: Oh, got it. That makes sense. And how what's the size of these panels? Do you know when he drew them? They're
0: small. They're pretty close to same size as published. Really? As far oh, as I know. Interesting. Okay. I don't know about what you're looking at, but like in this book, it actually feels like they are drawn same size. Like the Is lettering it... feels about right. I mean Yeah. Really really different cartoonists too. Mm-hmm. What do you think of the way he tells it?
1: I liked it. It's, you know, it's of its time, I think. And part of the reason I say that is, um, you know, it's stuff that other people have taken and made, you know, combined with other great cartoonists to make better. It's kind of like saying, like, you look at a computer from the 1980s. It was amazing, really, like the, you know, but right now we have computers that are stronger because they, use the technology from them and they, you know, that kind. So I I think it's really, it was fun to read. It was just a relationship thing, not just, but, you know, a relationship comic type of thing. Um, so it's, a, he's got his unique voice that, you know, I'm not so familiar with his stuff, um, but I always, whenever I get it, especially if it's a dollar, I'll
0: buy it. I don't care. up. Next I'm thing that I... Of, uh-huh. Go ahead. am no, not a go. big fan of Brown's. I just... his style seems so like personal to him and I just don't really appreciate it the way he he wanted to be appreciated but I get what I, I get what he's doing and I think it's interesting
1: he had a comic called paying for it that I read about like prostitution and stuff like that um and it was fine I it was interesting what I thought was uh was really cool was his friend Joe Matt made a parody comic of it have you heard of it it's called paid for it
0: yeah i think so
1: i love that com- it's like basically turns it around where he's like gigolo and stuff so it's just kind of funny
0: that's awesome what's and, the other thing you got there
1: uh, the other thing that i got is uh it's a dark horse classics twenty thousand leagues under the sea drawn by gary gianni
0: Oh, nice! I bet that's beautiful.
1: It is beautiful, and he's printed. I, I believe he's printed this uh in like upper large size format. What the reason this book is so important to me, or this story, is because when I was a little kid, I was a big Jules Verne fan, and Twenty Thousand Leagues Under Sea was my favorite book. And so it's cool. I, I can't wait to like kind of relive it in comic formats. I read the book like, I you know I love the book so.
0: It's cool. I got an answer to your Chester Brown comments, which is oh. modernized and newer. So I'm on the I'm the on the Patreon for uh, Kevin Haizenga, who oh, I've you know, nice. talked about before, and I love his work so much. And so this is his newest, I think, self-published comic. And yeah, what I love about Haizenga in part, yeah, self-published, is um. he draws a lot of very abstract work but then he also plays so much with the medium and time and the way we relate in space and time with with ourselves like this is just such a cool page this warming up thing oh yeah it looks cool i should i want to get that i might get it it. just plays with the format and the way we think about time and what the way we go through life and it's just a, a such a fascinating way of like looking at existence and so yeah to me this is like this is state of the art and I know he's been doing this work forever um, but like you know, the very simple styles and the way he plays with styles mm-hmm. and time and evolution and the way people grow and change through time uh, ever since I first found his work I've just been amazed by the quality of work he does
1: yeah I love Haizeng his work beautiful even
0: just like the first tier on this page it the way he shows him moving through space and time is so interesting
1: uh, is the story fun
0: yeah well it's it, it like all his stories it's just very kind of trippy and in, in interesting ways and then because i'm on his uh kickstar uh rather his uh patreon I got a page. He sent me a page of original sketches, too.
1: Oh, nice. That's awesome. So I got my
0: Huizenga originals.
1: Okay. I'm going to plug in my laptop. The batteries are
0: running out. But keep going. Wait, I can cut all this out.
1: Oh, thank you. Sorry, I just noticed that I don't want to like fall out.
0: Let's do one more thing each.
1: I feel like mine's oh I, maybe I don't have to fall or jump out with a thump.
0: Okay.
1: You do, do one you more want... thing each. Um sure yeah. I will uh show a couple of things.
0: i so, i I think I'll take screenshots of all this stuff and put it up while we're talking. So
1: oh cool awesome.
0: Um because I can find it all online and.
1: Oh, cool. I want
0: to see the comics instead of our faces.
1: One thing that I'm going to I'll be quick and I'll just talk about two things. One is I'm a big fan of bubble scene, which Mm -hmm. talks about comics and comics interviews. And number 17 was the one that I happened to not have. And it happened to have the, you know, Ms. Harkness who was uh, signing and, you know, reading parts of her book there. So that really worked out. I'm glad that I didn't have it and then i got to buy it and she got to sign i got to have her sign it so that was kind of cool but i love bubble zine it's a it's it's just such a cool um such a cool magazine i highly recommend it to whoever likes comics and i'll just say the other thing is we've talked about richard corbin i'm not in love with richard corbin but i for some reason i'm addicted to if i don't have something from corbin and i see it's affordable i buy it and there's a Marvel comic Richard Corbin did star the Slayer. I've never heard of this character, but I have all the four issues now. I completed the issues and so I got a I haven't read it yet. I'm
0: probably just going to look at the pictures. I love that run. It's really cool. It's got a twist to it that I think is so clever. Oh, cool. I don't know the character actually, so you're going to love it. Um, cool. I'll close that with my latest piece of original art. Oh, nice. So you last time we talked, I guess it was two weeks ago in video time, we talked about Trevor von Eden and Thriller. Oh, and so I bought a page of Trevor's original art, which is from a Batgirl story he did. Wow, um, this is probably forty years old now, and um, you can see some of the lettering fell off, but also some of the lettering is like on the bat is pasted up, which I think is cool. Yeah, this stuff fell off on the top. Um, and he lo- at that time especially he was love drawing these like weird forced perspectives because mm-hmm. this doesn't make any sense here, but it looks so cool and there's Bat girl on the top like staring down at them. I love the bat symbol for the caption and then like the way he tells this with the cross hatching against their fate the faces and stuff It's just like such a fun stylized page. The only oh, he drew he, only he drew like that mm-hmm. It's, it's just great. a cool piece. He posted it to Facebook, and it's was like, yeah, very reasonable price. It's on the DC paper. Uh, nice.
1: Well, thanks. This was fun. Yeah, thank you. Thanks, Jason.